This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's an extensive, exclusive interview on SI.com by Rohan Nakarni. He talked to Dwayne Wade. Very interesting interview. We uh, we read the whole thing. And joining us now is Rohan Nakarni. He joins us on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Stores guest line. They are truly steps Beyond Convenient. Rohan, thank you for taking the time to come on with us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Was there honor. was there one thing that you took out of this that surprised you? Did he say anything that, catch, that caught you off guard? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing, and I know Ryan and I were tweeting about it a little bit, the thing that was really crazy to me was, I guess it was two things. Number one, he said when he called the Heat to inform them of his decision, he could only get in touch with Nick Harrison. That's Dwayne Wade. He could only speak to Nick Harrison. I thought that was interesting. I mean, obviously, Nick has a pretty senior position with the team. I'm surprised, you know, it wasn't Spo, it wasn't Pat, it wasn't Mickey, it was Nick Harrison. Another thing that I thought was very interesting was it sounded like the Heat kind of gave him a deadline. They said he had to decide by midnight. Uh, I was surprised they gave him a deadline at all. I mean, obviously, Miami had to move on with their offseason, but it was a little surprising to me that Miami would kind of put any pressure on him to make a decision. What felt like the turning point then? Because I, I feel like for a lot of us down here, it was, it felt inevitable for a long time. It was just a matter of time until it happened, and then it just there reached a point where it didn't. When did he feel like it had the tide had moved from Miami to Chicago? It sounded to me, after he had his final meeting with the Heat, I think he realized that they couldn't necessarily make an offer higher than what they had. I mean, they would have had to trade Josh McRoberts. They would have had to make some kind of move. And I think when he spoke with Chicago, they were in a position where they were willing to move pieces around to offer him a higher contract. So I think after he had that final meeting with Miami, it kind of clicked for him that I have one team that is going to offer me, this is their final offer, where Chicago said, we're going to move people around. We're going to offer you this bigger contract. And I think that kind of spoke to him in a sense of, they're not asking me to take a haircut this time. They're not asking me to make a sacrifice. And that's something that kind of came through to me is where there was always a little bit of a Chicago pull for him. He told me he was very close to signing there in 2010. And this time when he had that final meeting with the Heat, and I think he realized, okay, wow, Chicago is not asking me to do anything. They're actually going to cater to me a little bit. I think that was kind of a, a big aha moment for him a little bit. Hey, Ryan, this is Ryan. How you doing? Great, man. How are you? Good, Cold to, good to hear from you. That's right. Coral Springs is representing right now on the radio. But, <laughs> yeah, man, we're going to get straight to the point right here. The last question you have here is is, is uh, it's raising some eyebrows here about if he'd ever return to Miami. He doesn't rule it out, which is interesting. I mean, you you wouldn't expect him to close that door. But when you were talking to him about, you know, it, it seemed to me surprising that he doesn't seem like he's done at all. He wants to keep going as long as he can until his body starts barking and telling him he can't go anymore. Um, when you were talking about him, to, to him about coming back to Miami, what what did you get the feel for? So it was very interesting. It's funny, like, throughout the course of that interview, at some point I mentioned a couple times, you know, I told him, hey, I'm from South Florida. I'm actually a pretty big Heat fan. And before that last question, it doesn't really come through the piece, but I told him, I said, you know, it's not just me asking this question. It's my mom. It's my dad. It's my brother. It's 
it's everyone who I know who knew that I was speaking to you. And in my opinion, uh, this is mostly my opinion, a little bit of just kind of the vibe in that room that day. I think he understands that – I think he understands that he can't close that door. I think that he understands the value of what it would mean to the people here if he played, you know, a final year in Miami. I think one thing that we talked about that I'd never really had heard from him before or had come out before was how much Chicago was in his mind and, and how much it meant to him growing up in Chicago, to, you know, to watch those Jordan teams play there. So I think part of this is just – kind of scratching that itch and being able to say he did it. If I had to guess right now, I think he will finish his career in Miami. I really do. Pardon Put me it on the that, scroll. <laughs> I just think that I just think that he understands the value of it. I think that, you know, he hasn't burned any bridges. He's, at least publicly, he's been saying all the right things about, you know, kind of the business decision, all those aspects of his factors in leaving. So a part of me really thinks that, there's a good chance, whether it's, you know, kind of a veteran minimum deal one last year or something like that, that, that there's some way he kind of, you know, has one last hurrah in a Heat uniform. I think that's – it's in the realm of possibility. I joked with him after he said anything was possible. I said, we'll take it. He thought that was funny. But, you know, I, I think that I, I think that he left that door open and, and he's been, you know, publicly he hasn't said this was about the money. He hasn't said it was about shunning the Heat. He's saying about, you know, I want to play at home. So – I think he's also kind of leaving that door open for himself. Yeah. The other thing that I, I thought was really cool, it was hilarious to me in the article, is him saying one of his favorite, you asked him what his favorite game, his favorite moment with the Miami Heat was. He said the Knicks game where he kind of went off in the fourth quarter yeah. there for 20. I think he scored like 50 in that game, didn't he? But, um, yeah, that was wild. That game was wild. The one that we all think will be the statue for Dwayne Wade in the end is the one where he jumps up on the scores table, this is my house, after the one-legged shot at the buzzer. Um, and he says... You, you mentioned to him Brad Miller's face, because in the clip, it's famous. Brad Miller's face is just so defeated, so hurt. And he says he actually noticed that in person. And he saw him, he looked over at him and saw, and he was he was laughing at that. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that was incredible. What's funny is, I don't know if you saw it, uh, but we, like, we sent out a gift. He does like an imitation of Brad Miller's face. That was like really hilarious. He definitely clearly remembered it. It was funny. I Before I kind of teed up that question, I told him, I said, I said, you know, I know which, which my favorite game is, what's yours. I really thought he would say that Boston one. But he remembered that Bulls game so vividly. And he, made, he I asked him about Brad Miller, and he kind of did like a imitation of the face. He's like, oh, yeah, I definitely remember that. <laughs> I, I agree with you about the statue thing. He, I don't think it made it in the final cut, but he kind of mentioned, he was like, yeah, this was the game where, you know, I ran up on the silver table and said, this is my house. I think he was like very, very aware of kind of yeah, that's that, was that in game there. was in his career. Yeah, that made it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was like very, you know, I think iconic and something that it was funny to me that he picked a game against the Bulls. I think it shows how much that one really, and you know, he could have picked a, a playoff game or anything like that, but I think he knew kind of how special that game was for all of us. Rohan Nakarni joins us. He's a writer for SI.com, posted an interview today that he did, an exclusive interview with Dwayne Wade. Of course, his first 13 years were here. He's He's gone to his hometown of Chicago. Just reading the interview and reading other quotes I've read by Dwayne, he doesn't seem to have any separation anxiety. Did you get that impression? No, it was very interesting. Uh, I actually asked him a little bit before the interview, you know, just to get a sense. I was like, how much time do you spend in Chicago over the years? You know, he still, up until a couple years ago, he still had a house in Chicago. He did mention a little bit about, you know, it wasn't ideal to kind of uproot his family, but, you know, I got the sense that he's very comfortable in Chicago. I think you know, he still has a lot of friends and family there. So I got the sense that, you know, as much as it is, I'm sure it's going to be crazy for him 
just, you know, working in a different arena, not knowing where everything is. But in terms of being in the city, I think he was comfortable with it. I think, you know, he told me his kids were comfortable with it. His wife was comfortable with it. So I, I think to an extent that, you know, he's comfortable in Chicago. And I think, you know, he's, He's okay with being there for the foreseeable future. Well, Rohan, I guess that that's where my next question comes from. Because Dwayne and I, I spoke throughout the years, and I always asked him about that, about still having that home in Chicago. And he always referenced the heat lifer thing. We always talked a lot about heat lifer down here. And he seemed to really play that up while he was here. Now it seems like, I mean, the, the 2010 thing comes out that he says he was considering leaving. He always had a home there. It, it, it seems, I guess, a little expedient for him to have this out. Was it was it always in the back of his mind, or, or did he ever relay to you that that whole heat lifer thing was important to him, that he wanted to have his whole career here? I, You know, to me, the heat lifer thing, it, it was mutually beneficial, right? Because Pat was mm-hmm. kind of selling it a lot after LeBron left, too. So I think the heat lifer thing was really kind of a mutual, a mutual stance that the organization could take and players like Dwayne and Udonis could take to kind of in a way, almost safe face after LeBron. And, you know, he told me, he said, you know, my legacy is in Miami. I never thought I was going to leave Miami. And, and I kind of took that to heart. You know, I had no reason to believe that he wasn't being honest with that. I think that, you know, there's so many factors that go into it. And this is pure speculation on my part. You know, he had to have seen the situation not only with LeBron, but what was happening with Chris. I don't think we realized at the time how bad relation, Chris's relationship with the organization had gotten over the summer. You know, so I'm sure there were a lot of factors here where he thought, you know, maybe things aren't the same in Miami. Maybe it's not going to be the same for the next couple of years. So I, I don't know if the the heat lifer thing was ever as great as we all thought it was. I think it was definitely both, you know, the players and the organization playing it up a little bit in the wake of LeBron. And if I had to guess, you know, we all, you know, he grew up watching Michael Jordan play for the Bulls. You know, that must have been so special for him. I'm sure there was always a part of him that thought Chicago was great. He, The way he talked about 2010, to me it sounded like he was all but gone. You know, he told me that if he had stayed in Chicago that summer, he probably would have decided to sign with the Bulls. I mean, obviously LeBron and Chris signed to come to Miami was a huge factor, but I think the 2010 thing, he was a lot closer to leaving than we all really thought. So I think there's always definitely been the Chicago pull. And in terms of the Heat Lifer stuff, I think it kind of goes both ways on on how that played out publicly. Hey, Rohan, thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so thank much, you. guys. I really that appreciate was, it. Rohan Nakarni joins us here from SI.com, wrote a terrific interview that he posted on their website today, an exclusive interview, interview with Dwayne Wade. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.